Let's begin. Let's have a word of prayer. And then uh, I'll talk a little bit about your papers. I'll pass them out to you uh, and uh, take any questions you might have, which I don't think there will be that many. Uh, and then I want to talk about, I have one little handout to give you, and then, then we're done. So let's pray and we'll, we'll get going. Lord, thank you so much for this time we have together. May you bless our study. Thank you, God, for this great semester we've had. Thank you for the chance it's been to delve into your scripture, to read it, to learn it and to apply it, and to uh, hopefully one day teach it to others. And I pray that this would have been an encouraging semester for all of us. And thank you, Lord, for how you've worked in my heart through this. Thank you for what you've taught me. I pray you'd help us all to uh, leave this semester better off uh, as student, better students of your word and more fervently desiring to, to help others. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, so I sent an email to you guys. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you... Um, I'm going to give you, in fact, I don't know if everybody got the email. I did the best. I was like, um, I sent a, uh, an email through, through our Breeze program, so it may have come through. What I decided to do is, because I did not get you these on Sunday, like I, I hope, hope I could get these back to you on Sunday, I didn't even look at them until Tuesday, so I'm sorry I had a long weekend. Um, but So I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you another whole week, so just turn them in anytime. No, you just turn them into me, turn them into the office, turn them into my office, just turn them in, you're done. And, um, and that will be the final thing. And then I'll send you an email with your grade. All of you are doing fantastic. There's nobody who's concerned. Who, if you've been keeping up with your quizzes and you've been keeping up with your, you, you basically know where you are. Nobody is, is struggling. Everybody's doing great. So. Um, so let me just pass these out. And what I will, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait to pass these out because you'll just be looking at them. And you'll be distracted. So I'll wait. Pass these out till later. Let me pass out these first. These. This is a. Um, a. Uh, I just threw this together. This is nothing fancy. Nothing special. Some of you guys. We talked about. And I don't know if I was completely. Hey, Charles. How are you? I. Don't, I didn't really talk much about this with you guys. Um, meaning. We talk about formatting a sermon. Let me get this up on the screen. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, does everybody have one? I made a bunch of copies. You might have. This this could go. I, I, there might be more to say, and so I might add things. So you know, you might want to take extra notes. I just threw some thoughts together on what it would be helpful for you when you're, if you're going to teach or preach. What are some helpful things I just learned through the years on preaching? Um, these are not rules that are like set in stone. These are really, honestly, very personal things. As in, like they they work for me, and they may not work for you. But let's talk about this, and you may you may find that some of these things work, some of these things don't work, etc. So, a couple of things to remember as we as I uh, kind of start this out. Sermon notes are for your eyes only, meaning and that that is to take pressure off of you. Nobody, um, nobody looks at my notes. Except, I mean, I've shown them to you guys. But like, I don't hand out my sermon notes to everybody in the church when I preach. And I don't think you necessarily need to hand out your notes when you preach or teach. Okay? Your notes are for you to help you remember where you're going and to guide you through your study. Okay? Write only as much as you need to have written down. Meaning that you don't need to be verbose. You know what that means? Just using lots of words. 
Why, why would I say that? What's the tendency if you write a bunch of words down on a piece of paper? Okay, both of you are right. You'll be reading it the whole time, or you'll get confused. And, you know, there may have been a day where you could get away with doing a manuscripted sermon where you could just straight up read what you're saying. But in today's culture, um, that, that comes across like either you are not sure you know what you're going to say, or you don't know it from your heart. It also can get in the way of how the Spirit leads. Sometimes you sense God is moving you in a certain direction as you speak um, through the way people are responding to the message. And if you're tied down to a script and you're not looking at people, you're completely oblivious. I mean, why wouldn't they just read a book then? There's something unique, I believe, in expository sermon prep, that, uh, sermon preaching that is a little bit extemporaneous. Like even as I'm talking to you guys right now, I, I didn't write all these words down. These are you know, things that are coming off my heart. So I think similarly when you preach, you ought to that way. So both those are true. The highest uh, sermon notes are meant to serve you as you speak. Okay. Sermon notes are meant to serve you as you speak. So not, they're not really meant to be read as much as they're meant to be there for speaking. So the highest priority is function over beauty. Um, I made a couple notes here. When you do this, your intro, your conclusion, and your transition should be written out carefully. Uh, most of the time. You know, I, I don't always do that all the time, but I, I would say, especially if you're getting started, it's helpful to at least think through. I, I've said this multiple times, but those things are where you don't want to get sidetracked because if you're a transition, you're going from point A to point B. You're, you're moving from here to here, and you have to get from here to here. And so that's why it's helpful to have it written out. In your introduction, you're getting to a certain point, your FCF and your, your proposition probably. So you're, you're getting to a point. If you're in the middle of a, of a point, you can meander and come back if you like. So you don't have to be as precise. Uh, when you write, write with full sentences is really helpful. Illustrations and applications should be thought out and written out with as much detail as necessary. Um, sometimes, you know, you, you guys did this in a lot of your notes. You'll say, story about such and such. Um, and I ate just as much as you need, and then you talk about it. Uh, some of you gave me your whole story written out, and I appreciate that too. Uh, this one is one that I guess I just didn't really talk about much. I really would think that, I, I just, it didn't really occur to me, but a lot of you wrote this as a paper, and you did a great job. They're very good papers. But what, what I think, if you're going to use this to deliver it as a message, you really can't do it in paper format. It needs to be in a speaking outline kind of format. And so what I suggest is using bullet points. When I say a bullet point, do you all know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm the, actually, these are bullet points. So it's like the little dot and then the little dot with the circle. And you can keep going in and there's, you know, you know different levels of a bullet point. And... Um, Bullet points are super easy if you're using a computer to help you organize your thoughts. You can use them in, by hand, too. I know, Pat, you like to write a lot of your stuff by hand. And I actually do a lot of my prep by hand. I don't do a lot of my prep on computer because I think better with a pen in my hand than I do at a keyboard. Um, but when you organize your thoughts, it's better to do it like this so you can glance down, know where you are, and glance back up. Okay. That's the idea behind the bullet points. Is it's not 
really something you, you can get lost in a paragraph. You can get really lost. Okay, where am I in the middle of this paragraph? If you subordinate ideas, it works better. Um, another thing, this is completely unrelated. Um, if you quote or use sources in your sermon, use footnotes so they don't distract you while you're preaching or teaching. The other reason you do this is that footnotes are for reference if you use the message again later. If you can't, uh, so you don't want to go back to a message maybe five years later, be looking at something and have a, have a part of your quote that you know when you wrote it, you know you pulled this from Spurgeon or from Charles Stanley or from Charles Dickens or from somebody like that, you know, somebody you quoted, famous, and you're, 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 quoting, you know, you're quoting them, and then you go back to it five years later, and you forgot where you got that quote from, and you didn't like mark it, and then you present it as if it was, came from you. And that turns into plagiarism really fast. So, so always use footnotes, and um, it just, they're just out of the way. That's, I use footnotes all the time. I'll footnote things so that I can go back later and know where I got it from. Is that, do you know how to do footnotes? Sort of, kind of? Let me show you. Does anybody use Word when you write? So if you want to use a footnote, like right there, on a Mac, you go to Insert, Footnote. And you hit Insert, and then it gives you this down here. Yada, 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 like that. That's how you do a footnote. And it automatically numbers. Yeah. Um, there are different formats you can use and stuff. In Google Docs, it's the same kind of thing. You just insert footnote, and it'll do it. Okay. So if you cannot find a quote and did not cite it, don't use it. The reason I say this is because I'm a firm believer that your integrity is everything. And... This past, a couple weeks ago, I had a message where I was preaching. Let me give you an example. I was preaching a message I called the double focus. And I, I started out talking about that because my, I remembered hearing this story about convoys during the war, blackout convoys, where they would have um, jeeps. They would go, and they would be a certain distance, and then they had two headlights. And they originally had one, but then they found that they were having a hard time following just the one light, and so they went and had a double headlight. And apparently those double taillights, I should say, were better for following, and that's why every car now has two taillights. That's what I'd heard. I'd heard this story, and I thought that was a great story because my whole point from the message, I don't expect you to remember this, was that there are two focuses for the Christian folk, for the Christian life. You know, uh, love God's word and then love the brothers or, you know, be... Um, devoted to God's word and love, love each other. And you have to hold both of these. You can't be just one or the other. And so I had this image in my mind I wanted to use. So then I wrote, I wrote the message and I, I said, oh, I, I put a note. I got to go back and, and find that story and put it in my intro. So I went and turned in my outline to Grace on Friday, printed bulletins. Friday afternoon, I was like, I got to find that. So I went and started searching, could not find it. I searched everywhere. I Googled, I Wikipedia, I spent way too much time because I really wanted that image. But the problem was, I couldn't find it. And so I, I then was like, well, I can do one of two things. I can say, I've heard a story and I could just use it. But then the danger is, as somebody else, maybe what I'm talking about is not, it didn't happen. 
So when I became, I came to like, well, maybe whoever told me that story made it up. I heard it from a pulpit, I remember. I just don't remember who said it. I don't remember what the context was. I think it was at camp, but I don't know. It's been so long. So I had to make a decision, and my decision I made was, well, it's not worth it to, to say something that might not be true just for the sake of this one image. And so y'all didn't hear it. I didn't say anything about it from the pulpit. And I really believe that, that if you can't, if you can't find what you're talking about, like a story, especially if you're talking historical stuff, quotes from historical figures, um, you can lose your integrity, you can lose your credibility really fast. If somebody knows what they're talking about, like say I'm start talking about this and somebody out there is an expert in military convoys and blackout lights and they know that I don't know what I'm talking about, I've just lost them. And they're like, well, if he don't know, if he's going to use that, that's not true then. So I say that to say, please, 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 if you're using illustrations, if you're using historical facts and figures and stuff, cite it. You don't have to necessarily quote it. Like in a 2006 article in the New York Times entitled, you know, you don't have to say that, but you need to have it in your notes. So if someone comes and asks you, you can say, well, this is the article. Any questions about that? Does that make sense? Okay. So it's just some thoughts about, about your notes. So here's some formatting strategy, strategies. Here's some things I do. Again, some of these things you probably don't care about, but I'm just going to tell you because I think this is kind of interesting. So here you go. Number one, choose a font. Um, for the text body, use a non-distracting, easy-to-read font. Uh, and for your notes, I'm using Times New Roman. Uh, it's a pretty standard font. Uh, my suggestion is a serif font. You know what a serif is? If I say a serif font, what is a serif? Yeah, they got little feet. You see how the F has a little foot there? Let's make this nice and big. Serif. Uh, you see how the S has little notches? And the R and the I. You see the feet? Okay, that's called a serif. And serif fonts are print fonts, and they're very good for reading. So if you are um, reading out loud, you don't want a font that's hard to read. There are tons of fonts that are difficult to read. Like, I think Futura is a hard font to read. Okay? Personally. Um, I think, um, what's another? There, are, I mean, there's some crazy fonts. You could, people like, I want to write my, <laughs> I'm going to use uh, Comic Sans to write my message. Um, don't do that. Okay, that, that just makes my brain hurt to look at it. Um, this is the, the Times font, is the Times, like New York Times is the print, is where this comes from. So, um, I, Times is good. I actually write my messages in a font called Cambria. It looks like that. Or I'm sorry, yeah, Cambria. So that, that's how I write my messages, and you'll see in a second. I just think it looks fine and it reads really well. Um, and uh, so pick a font that, that works that's not distracting. I know that sounds basic, but you know. Um, I give you a few Cambria, Times New Roman, Garamond. Um, I don't know if you care much about this stuff, but that's what Garamond looks like. It's, it's, I did it. Um, huh. It looks like that. It's a print font. It looks like a novel. A lot of novels use Garamond. Um, so just use a, yes. Oh, I thought somebody raised their hand. Nope. Okay. Um, for the, so that's for the text body. So for the titles, though, 
Use a non-distracting, easy-to-read font also. My suggestion is to use a sans-serif font for your titles. So actually, I did this in your book. Do you notice that? Formatting strategies, this is a different font. That's Helvetica. Okay, And that is a different font. But they go together. They work together. If you, if you Google, there are all kinds of principles of graphic design where the fonts are, are matched with each other, fats, fonts that work together. Um, so Helvetica works really well. Our Arial and Helvetica are very similar. Helvetica and Times New Roman work well together. And I actually, this is, uh, when I do my teaching notes, um, I use Cambria and Calibri, which is the basic, you know, similar, but it looks different. So I can tell when I look down if I'm looking at your, your notes or mine. So this is what my notes look like. See, that's Calibri and that's Cambria, which to you may not look much different, but to me looks very different from what you guys have. Um, so, so I think titles, if you have a title, that like, so your, your main titles and your subtitles, having them in a different font, a different color, and a, um, that one is a serif, one is a sans serif. Usually the sans serif is their titles and your serif font is your body. That helps you read it. And if you look at my, my example I give you here, you can see that. So scripture reading, series introduction, that's a, that's a title, okay? And then this is serif, and here's my bullet points. Here is, uh, we'll keep going, you'll see some other things that we do that just kind of help as in, and again, this is extremely personal. This is something that you might be like, this is insane. What are you doing? Why would you do such stupid things? Well, this is just, I think works well, and if you want to try it, you can. Uh, spacing. So I believe that half sheets work better than full sheets. So whether you want to do it in two columns and cut it in half, or I have an app actually on my Mac that I can print, and it's called Booklet Maker or, or Booklet something, and it, uh, it, if it, it, it does it so you can fold it in half and make a little booklet, and that's what I do when I preach. So I, have, I preach from a half sheet like this. It's much easier to read half a sheet. That's why books are normally this size and not this size. Okay, it's much easier to read, and you don't lose your place. Shorter lines, um, if you do it like this, you can do two columns, but I, you can do whatever. Use very small margins. Use as much of the paper as possible. Okay? Single spacing between the lines. So some of you guys when you wrote, so a lot of you here wrote with like a lot of spacing between your lines, which you're writing a paper, I get it. If I were writing a paper in a class, I would probably do the same thing. Oops, that's not anything. So same kind of thing here. Most of you wrote with, um, you know, space and a half or double space. I think as I gave you that as a, as a requirement even, because that's how we write our, pap our papers. But if you're writing notes to speak from, I'd reformat it in single space. But then put spaces between your paragraphs. And there's a way to do that in, in Word. If you use Word, you go into, um, it's, called, um, for, it's called paragraph formatting. So you go to format, paragraph, and you'll notice here spacing after six points. So after each, after each, see here, there's a space. And actually, I put spacing between. Uh, I put spacing before all my titles, too. Um, so use one and a half or two spaces between your paragraphs. Single spacing here. It, it makes it, so if you look at that, that image again, you see here how, I don't know if you can tell, but actually, these three, <laughs> this is how I do my bullet points. I don't really use bullet points, but this, this paragraph, and this paragraph actually go together, and then there's a break, and there's this paragraph. 
So there's, there's actually a space here. These are, these are together. And um, I can pull up that message and show you what it um, gives this one. So yeah, see that little thing right there? That means I hit Shift-Enter, which means it's part of this. But there's, there's actually a space, more of a space there. And, it, and what it does is it creates kind of like bullet points. So you, you can, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is I put a lot of, I do a lot of um, text styles. Okay, so main points are larger and bolder. Color, some of you guys use color. Cadence used a lot of color. Uh, she gave me a key, a legend at the very back to explain what all of her colors meant. It's very, very involved. Um, so I, I, I'm much, I do much simpler. My basic color principle is red is a, is a, um, a red verse, is a, um, a cross-reference, and blue is text. So again, if I'm going here, that's part of the text. See how it's red? See how it's blue? And I keep going. Anything that's red? Oh, look at that. There's something red. See that? The reason it's red is because it's a cross-reference. You see it? I don't know if you can see it. In 513, um, there's another part that's red. And actually, this is red, too, because it's up on the PowerPoint. Really, red means PowerPoint for me. So again, I'm sorry this is so boring. But the idea is, is that you can use uh, um, uh, different text styles, like main points, larger, bolder, caps, color, alternate font, like a sans serif. And a larger size, subpoints smaller than main points, but still larger. And sub subpoints same as the text body, but italicized, maybe tabbed in a little bit. And your text body should be black. Why should it be black? Because it's easy to read. Black is easy to read, and you, you're going to be spending most of your time in the text. So within the text body, this is kind of what I, I wanted to also mention is that I I would encourage you to use italics, bold, and highlights for textual emphasis, because you're the only person seeing them. So why not? When I, when I preach, I do this all the time. Look at this. The reason is that it was cleanse the people from their sin. It purified them. I'm telling myself, I've got to punch those words. It demonstrated that the offering they were giving had to die on their behalf. It demonstrated their participation in the covenant of God. Now, whether it's italicized in bold or bold or italicized, it doesn't really matter. I just... It depends on what I'm feeling at the moment. <laughs> it, but, but I know that I'm trying to punch those ideas. And, and that, you know, it might, you might never turn in a paper that has this kind of bold stuff in it. That would, a teacher would look at it and say, what are you doing? But when you're speaking, you want to know when to emphasize words if you're thinking about it. A lot of times, I'm, as I'm writing it, like uh, in my study or whatever in my house, I'm like saying it out loud so I, I know what I'm, what I'm getting to, I'm, I'm going to be doing. So I, I remember when I come back. See here, we are sprinkled. <laughs> I bolded it. So use that. You know, don't be afraid to use your... And some of you did that, I think. Um, some of you didn't. But I, I would encourage you to do that. Like, go through it and, like, use that as a way of thinking about how you're going to say it. Um, highlighting. When you highlight... Um, I think I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Use a shaded box to indicate important information. You can do that if you want. I do that uh, with an, I call it an aside or an emphasis. If I have, there it is. There's my transition right there in my, in like a box. So it pops out. 
Okay, you can do that. It's not too hard. Um, so, lastly, use color to indicate Bible verses and cross-references. So this is what I do. I use blue for text, red for cross-references. Especially helpful when using PowerPoint to show cross-references to congregation. Now, when referencing a verse in your text, you can then color it blue or whatever color you want. So, uh, what, what's a good example of this? I don't even know if I have one here. Um, so like here, blessed be God equals let's praise God. See, I'm quoting the text, so I put it in blue. don't know if that, you can see that on the screen or not. But, and it's not perfect. Like I said, this is a sloppy, like my notes are sloppy in many respects. Like I would never, you'll find unfinished sentences. You'll find ideas trailing off sometimes because I'll forget to go back. I don't, I don't, you don't turn these things in anywhere. These are for you. So, so, um, don't, um, don't feel like it has to be, I'm trying to find a good example here, I guess. Oh, you get, you, I think you get the idea. Um, you see how I underline, the other thing I do is when I hand out, you know, we hand out outlines here. It helps people follow. And I try to remember to go back in my notes and whatever outline, underlines I choose to leave out, I underline them in my notes too. Simple reasons so people know, I know what, they, what they're seeing. So I'm not, I don't, because I, I used to not do that and then people would always come up after me, hey, I didn't get what this, this blank was. It's because I wasn't thinking about their blanks. I was just thinking about my message, so... It's a little, little things like that. Okay, this is for you, Cadence. I already read it. You did? Okay. It, 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 has, it has your, yeah, has your face on it. Only, uh, well, actually, Kevin had dark highlighted too, so that's okay. Um, only use light highlights, <laughs> like yellow and very light green. Don't use dark highlights unless you're reading from a tablet, not on printed paper. Uh, just because um, it's very hard to read. And what's our goal with notes? What's the main goal for notes? To be able to see them. Right? To, to, to like quickly figure out what your next thing is to say and to do. Right? You just boom. You look and you go. You don't need lots of information, except if you want lots of information, put it in the footnote so it doesn't distract you. Um, but, I mean, these are some thoughts and if you really want to teach this, what I would suggest is take your, take your sermon that you've written or paper that you've written and kind of tweak it, retool it, reformat it so that it is easily preached. Okay? Um, that's my suggestion. Um, any, any questions about what I'm saying here? Any, any thoughts? I mean, this is, this is really kind of, yeah. About how many pages of notes would you have so Sunday morning message is anywhere from 8 to 12. Half pages. Half pages. Half. 8 to 12 half pages. Yeah. How many words is that? Um, let's see. This one was 12 pages, which is pushing it. If I go 12 pages, I know I'm pushing it. I know I have to, I cannot get distracted. Um, word count. 3,000 words. Um... Let's find a smaller one, smaller message here. Uh, I don't know. Word count. 2,400 words. That's nine pages. Um, 
think what I turned in last week was three pages. It was a fourth page, but that's where I had my footnotes. Yeah. So that would be six pages. Yeah. That would be about. <laughs> no, no, it's it's not. I mean, it's you had a lot of material, a lot of material there. Um, so, but like, it depends on what kind of sermon I'm doing. Some sermons I I intentionally le- le- um, allow to breathe a little bit. So you might know, like for example, I think your message, Charles, is is incredibly chock full. Like it's very very thick. Yours too, Pat. Yours has a lot of stuff in it. And I would not be surprised if it's longer than you anticipate when you deliver it because there's lots of room for air in between. Like, it's hard to explain, but, but you, you don't... When you're speaking to people, you also want to give them time to process what you're talking about. So you can't just go boom, 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 and you're done. Um, you have to kind of allow that and repeat it, repeat, go back, review, kind of, you know, sometimes. So. But you also don't have to say everything on, that you have written down. True. No one's going to notice if you didn't talk about everything. You can be very well prepared and not use it all. Yeah. Oh, this is on the hand. <laughs> you're, you're filling the blank for <laughs> this. Is something it. that you didn't bring up a point, no one's going to know that you didn't bring it up if it's right. not in the handout. Right, and, and that happens a lot. You'll be you'll be preaching something or teaching something, and be like, eh, I don't know if I really want to. You might have forgotten it, and if you go back, it's just going to cause problems, right? So. Or or it's like it just doesn't work. You know, nobody bats a thousand. As the sermon unfolds. As the sermon's going, you're like, eh, I don't think that that illustration is going to work really well. And I'm just going to kind of glide through it and not use it. Uh, you guys have spent a lot of time on these messages. All of you have done a very good job of being very intentional. The truth is, is that sometimes, I mean, I don't have near the, the time um, that you guys have had this semester to really kind of really plot through your sermon and, and work on each individual moment. So, you know, you guys have, have, have fantastic, these are all fantastic. All of you have done a fantastic job. I'm very, very happy with, what, with the work you're doing. So, honestly, sometimes I have a rough idea of where I'm going. And, and you might get in a situation like this in the future where you're doing a lot of this. Um, you know, maybe God calls you to ministry or something, or you're doing a lot of Bible studies or whatever. Makes sense. We had three months to work on one passage. Yeah. You have one week. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, right. Less than a week. Yeah. He's got more than one every week. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's that Sunday night and yeah. Yeah. So. But but I, I mean I'm not. This is not a oh feel bad for me kind of thing. I, I I enjoy it. I love it. I'm just saying that that you have to be flexible. And I think I think a typical Sunday morning is anywhere from eight to twelve. If I have less than eight, I know I'm thin. I know I got to figure out what. Okay, do I not have enough material? Do I need to go deeper? Do I need to be more like get into the text more? And right now, actually, I'm in a little bit of a con- a little bit of a conflict because I had planned to preach through um, two paragraphs for Sunday, and in doing all my study, um, I'll show you. Uh, I'm looking at my notes, or I'm looking at it. Doesn't really show you really much here. Um, but I, I started doing all this work, uh, and a lot of it isn't explained here. A lot of it's on my uh, notebook paper in my office. But, like, 11 and 12 might be a message by itself. Yeah. I was thinking this week, how far are you going to go? Well, because I was going to go through 17, but the thing is, is that after submitting to government, then it's talking about submitting in the family, it's talking about submitting. There's all these different examples of that. And so I'm battling right now, do I, Split it. Do I have enough... 
And ironically, how you, the way that you make this work, the way you use, the way you get smaller sections to work is you, is, is you get, well, it's not ironic, it's exactly how it works, is you, is you really get into the details of what every little thing is saying and you really kind of unfold it. You, you, you allow yourself to get more detailed. Not necessarily like looking out, but like looking in. Like so, um, we. I don't really. I don't really know enough yet about this to to say. But I'm working on like here are the relations between these these phrases. I'm trying to figure out. I was just. I, I did a lot of work. And I'm like. I don't know. I kind of think maybe. Maybe I have enough just to do. It would. It would mess up my schedule. That's okay. You know. Because when I read this, I thought, oh, I can't just do two verses. Uh, when I first studied this, I thought I have to go all the way down through, I think it was verse 17. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you'll show up. You'll be as surprised as I am. <laughs> I don't know right now what's going to happen on Sunday. But, uh, but, that, but like on Sunday night, Charles, like when I do those uh, Sunday night messages where I'm like doing a, like a, basically a lecture or whatever on, like a, on, on culture when I'm doing a gigantic yeah, message, that's... It was like drinking from a fire. Yeah, no, you're talking 20. No, I like 20 pages. So yeah. it's about, it's about 6,000 words. I think 6,000 word, and it's a much different style. It's a much more like a paper. Yeah. Because I cannot have any breathing room. I know I know I don't I don't know this material enough well enough to just kind of riff on it. And I, I have so much ground to cover. I can't get distracted. And spend some time over here, then we'll never get where we're going. It was rich, though. So, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, let me show you. It's the difference here. It's completely different. I actually have a completely different format for this. This was defining the self, you know, 20 pages. And. Six thousand words. So double, it's like two messages. It's almost like three, but it's 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 a lot, and I know that going into it. And but I just think for you guys, the the, the, I, the what I'm trying to communicate is that um, that formatting for a sermon is different than formatting for a paper. It serves your purposes. It's whatever it takes for you to be able to speak fluently and without without obstacles. If you have to put like 16 point type on gigantic pieces of paper and just slide them over one at a time so that you can read it without having to strain, like if you if you prefer having big type, whatever. Pastor Drew, he um what he does is he'll actually take his he'll print out the text for the week and he'll mark it up with his pen and paper and colors and stuff on he'll double space it on a on a word document print it out and, and mark it up and he takes that in the pulpit with him he takes his bible up there almost just like to show that this is where i'm getting the authority from but he doesn't really read from his bible he reads from that piece of paper because that's what he's been working on all week that's his strategy and that's interesting i don't do that i put a lot of my text in my in my notes, but then a lot of times I'm reading straight from my Bible because I've done a lot of reading. I, do, I use, I color in my Bible. You know, it has, it has it's how I, I study in my paper Bible. So you have to decide what works for you. But trial and error, a lot of trial and error, a lot of whatever, you know, 
whatever works. But I, I wanted to at least show this to you guys to get you thinking that direction so that when you speak, you can then use some of these strategies. What other, any other questions or thoughts? I mean, I, I can let you go early, but I, I just thought I'd ask. Yeah. That's a really good question. I hadn't really thought about it. It can't hurt, right? Yes, ma'am. So, I mean, like, for, you know, people who are starting out, it would be hard to not read because, like, you're not used to speaking in front of people right. where it's natural. You know what I mean? So you can just glance and then expound. So, like, how do you recommend... Learning how to do that. Uh, practice. Um, so that way it's like, I mean, because I could see for beginners, it would be easy to read, right? Because that's where I'm Oh, yeah, yeah. You, have to th you can think about all ahead, and you don't have to do it again. But by the time... How do you get to that point where you can start, where you don't have to... I mean, you still use your notes, but it's not just reading them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So... Well, I mean, I literally like it would it would not hurt to practice. Like I think I mentioned last week is get get a quiet place in your house where, you know, nobody's going to walk in on you and you'll be embarrassed or get go outside where nobody can hear you. you. The key is getting to a place where you can get lost in what you're saying without feeling stupid. That was my struggle. Like, I always felt like if I did it, like, in my bedroom at my house, like, my brothers were on the other side giggling, laughing. You know, what an idiot, Ugh, you know. I, maybe that's just me. I don't know. But, like, to me, a big, big obstacle was, like, being able to get lost in what I was doing and, and not worry about that. And so I would practice. I used, we used to have to practice back when we did pulpit speech class in, in seminary. We did pulpit speech where they talk about like how to present, how to vocal, you know, how to pr um, project. Like, do you know how to project? Like, use your diaphragm. Don't strain your voice. Use your upper register. That means, you know, um, use your whole, use your whole, your whole. Don't use just your throat. Use your whole body. Like, your, you know, all that stuff. And a lot of it's just practicing, getting out there, and getting used to it. Once you get so familiar with what you're saying, I think you'd be surprised if you put your notes down and tried to say it. You'd be surprised how much you'd remember just from all the work you've done. It's not as, I, I, think, I think if you have it written out, you're going to be tempted to read it. Whereas if you put it in the bullet points, hey, Donna, it's much easier to, you're kind of forced, your hand is forced, you know. You have to, you know, extemporaneously speak. I don't really have a great answer for you other than just, just practice and experience and, and you have to just try it. My problem, as you can see, is written notes. Yeah. Doing that continually. Yeah. I teach a trail boys every Monday night, and I have a a MacBook, and I just I project the I use PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Actually, I use Keynote. It's like sure. PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. And I just have to go over it beforehand enough times so that I can just speak from what I have on the PowerPoint because yeah. I can't be doing this all the time. Yeah. But there is a there is a feature and I haven't been able to make it work. It says it's supposed to work, but you can have speaker notes in yeah. in the PowerPoint and it just shows up on your yeah. 
on your notebook screen. Right. And then the the PowerPoint goes on the overhead. But I have yeah. So power, speaking from PowerPoint, it's a different animal. Um, you almost have to think in PowerPoint. Like think in terms of... I, I, I think in terms of like... So, so Skip, Skip Tilton is a good example of that. Like Skip basically speaks from PowerPoint. Like that's how he speaks. He doesn't have notes. He looks at his PowerPoint slide. The slide jogs his memory. It works as his notes. And he also has uh, details in his presenter notes. And he knows what he's going to say, and he reads off the PowerPoint slide, but he also uh, extemporaneously talks about it, and he has his notes there, and he goes to the next one, et cetera. And that's how he does it. The problem is when I'm talking about preaching, I really believe that that, that ought not to be the way to, to preach typically because the word is the center, and we ought to think we ought to think in terms of I ought to be able to preach this if my PowerPoint goes down. Like, I feel like I ought to... That's why I don't preach from a tablet. I preach from paper. This is so... I know it's just so silly, but for me, it's like, I, I want to be able to preach even if everything else fails. I want to be able to preach even if, if, uh, if everything goes under, I can still shout, and you can hear my voice, and I don't want to be dependent on technology. Because I believe that, that you know, Satan's going to do what Satan's going to do, and we're going to have technological problems, and... Spiritual warfare is real, and I don't, I don't want to depend on those things. So PowerPoint's a servant to the message. It's not the message. So the answer is, uh, for me, probably 18 or 20 point. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. I've seen preachers do that. I've, yeah. I've seen preachers with big font. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> with a book. <laughs> Constantly flipping pages. We have 45 pages. But only 3,000 words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cutting down a tree every time he preaches a message. Yeah. He flips his fingers getting paper. And I've only had this problem for about six years. Yeah. Part of that, it didn't mean anything. But you can read. You're, you're farsighted, right? Or nearsighted? Farsighted. Okay, so you can read. What does it matter to you if everyone's blurry? <laughs> See, for me, I can, I'm nearsighted, so everyone's yeah. blurry without my glasses, but I can look under my glasses. So I can read and then look. You want to be able to see people's faces. Yeah. You want to be able to read your congregation, so you don't want to. But, I mean, it's, it's like looking through the bottom of a Coke bottle when I'm looking at you guys. Yeah, you don't. And then if I do that very long, then it's blurry down here, too, looking through this thing. So. Yeah. Well. And, and it just depends. Like, this is why it's so personal. Like, so you may just want to blow up your font some, or you may want to preach from a tablet. I know a lot of guys who do that successfully and fine, and they're good at it. And, they, and it's fluid. I just, I just can't do it yet. And maybe one day I'll do it. I did it one time at church because believe it or not, we had a business meeting one night and, um, and I realized like halfway through the business meeting, this is going really fast. I was going to, he said, yeah, just have a, Mike and I talked ahead of time. And, he, and I said, oh, I, yeah, I do the business meeting. It'll probably take like not most of the service. And I'll just have like some wrap up thoughts. And I was going to share like a little devotional or something. But I realized I was going to have like 15, 20 minutes and I can't. And so I said, oh, I, I looked at, and so on my iPad, I literally looked at my old sermons and I found one that I could, I think it was like Thanksgiving or right around Thanksgiving or something. I forget the reason. But it was on giving thanks. It was the it was a Sunday night, and I thought I, I it's been like two or three years since I preached this message. It'll be an encouragement, and I and so I didn't have it printed, 
So I pulled it up my iPad, I found it, got it, got it lined up, and I preached from that. That's the only time I've ever done that, and it made me really nervous. <laughs> That's the thing. I can read. Of course, you can change the, the print size on right. your device, but because of the contrast, I read when you're preaching, this is my Bible. Yeah. Scripture on here. But I can read this without glasses. Yeah. With a font about this size. It's just that the contrast is better. Yeah. Good? The backlit, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it depends on the depends on the um the person really and you can make the make the size nice and big. You can you know, yeah, I mean I have digital I'm not against digital. I use digital resources all the time. I have digital Bible here. I was working on this today. You can make that font nice and big, you know, really easily, right? So I'm not opposed to digital. I just, I just have this paranoia about stepping up. I don't want there to be anything that is a distraction or anything that is going to fail, you know, that will prohibit me from preaching. Um, other thoughts or comments? Nothing. Guys, I've appreciated your hard work. It's been exciting. It's been neat. And uh, I have your, your notes here, my notes uh, to you here uh, on your, your paper. So I'll hand these out to you. And uh, if you have any other questions, feel free to ask. Um, and just to, by, the, by next week, by next Wednesday, if you could email me or drop it by the office. You don't have to have it printed. You can send me a digital copy. Some of you have shared, like, Google Docs with me. If you just want to email me and say it's ready to go, I'll print it off from my from my computer, I like to have a printed copy, so I'll definitely look at it uh, that way. But um, PDF's fine, yeah. And uh, I appreciate you guys, I really do, and thank you so much for your, we appreciate you. your hard work. Really, a good class. Awesome. Yes, Pastor, thank you, and everyone in the class, I love you, and thanks for worshiping the Lord with me. Yeah. It's been fun, hasn't it? I mean, is there is there uh, anything? Let me just ask this: Is there anything you, uh, if we ever do this again that you'd change? I know I'm going to change a couple things. One, I'm going to back this first draft up probably a week so that I can actually give you a draft and then review your drafts and then have it done on the last week. I'll do that schedule wise. Two week interruption. Yeah, that was a little hard. Yeah. Are we having youth night on Sunday? We are. Does that mean you two are preaching Sunday night? The fruit of your labor. <laughs> Can be better, right? Better timing. I like the two-week break because that was the time I got to work on my whole sermon. Yeah. <laughs> like, so three weeks, good, good amount of time to work. On yeah. That. We have school work too, so. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and I'll try not to print the whole notebook and have you redo the pages next time, whatever. But I, I thought I thought it was I thought you guys responded well. You did well. Thank you very much for all your hard work. I, I don't really have any uh, problems. But if you if you think about it, as as the as the stuff goes on, you're like, you know, there was one thing that just did not work at all. That was terrible. Just let me know. I can adjust it. And I always appreciate good uh, good positive feedback. Um, if it's something I can't change about myself, like you know, don't make fun of me. Yeah, your voice is so annoying. Sorry, I, I can't. I can't do anything about that. You know, God gave me what I have. So that is not acceptable. But things that are changeable, things that are adaptable, etc., I'd be glad to, to change that for next time. All right, let's pray, and then I'll give these out when we'll we be done. Lord, thank you so much for a good semester. Thank you for the time we spent together. May this be an encouraging help for us as we move forward, and I pray this will continue to reap uh, rewards in the future as we use some of these methods and these things to 
uh, you, to understand your word better and to uh, share it with others so that uh, we might be changed, they might be changed, and we could draw closer to you through it all. In Jesus' name, amen.